After high school, I went to a community college where I took a two-year course in radio communications. Really wanted to be in radio. I had a friend that worked at the local radio station where I grew up. When he was in high school, he was part-time. Had another friend that was full-time there. Uh, so right as the second year was ending, I was hired, uh, second year of school, I was hired at a small Oregon radio station. And for the next 25 years, I did pretty much everything in radio that I was able to do. But the thing is, not a single person in radio asked me about my education. All they cared was how I sounded on the air and if I could do the job. That's really all they cared about. Uh, the reason I bring that up is that I've always gone to school in some form or another, whether it was to attend a community college to take a writing course or to attend a martial arts school for several years to learn that skill, to attending drum clinics to kind of brush up on my drumming skills, which I've done since the fifth grade. Uh, Self-learning comes in so many forms, and I thought it might be interesting to talk about the ways we learn today and what works and what doesn't and why you might want to be a lifelong learner. Hi, this is Tim Patterson, trade show guy, author of a pair of trade show marketing books, uh, Trade Show Success, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Level, and Trade Show Superheroes in Exhibiting Zombies, 66 Lists Making the Most of Your Trade Show Marketing. Both of them are available on Amazon. I also founded and run the company Trade Show Guy Exhibits, which services a lot of companies in the natural products world, as well as some in the financial world and the tech world with the uh, trade show design and fabrication of their exhibits and supporting logistics and upgrades and that sort of thing. It's a lot of fun, a lot of hard work running my own company, but uh, definitely worth it. But I had to learn a lot to get there. So let's talk about learning. Let's talk about this lifelong learning thing. How does that work? Well, my take is you're learning all the time, whether you want to or not. Uh, life is for learning. Sometimes you learn from the good things people do. Sometimes you learn from the bad things people do. Sometimes people learn from you because you're a good example. And sometimes people learn from you because you've set a bad example of people to say, I, I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> of course, we all, I think, try to be a good example, but it seems to me that the lessons we've learned are the the best, are the, are the hardest one, I guess, by having made some big mistakes and taken the consequences to heart. Like, I, I really shouldn't have done that. I learned my lesson. We all say that, right? I, I've learned my lesson there. And of course, this can be in both your personal and uh, business life. In the 80s, I was uh, very curious about the real estate world and took a number of investing classes. Uh, at one point, a partner and I invested in a small house in Portland and held on to it for a couple of years. It was not a really good experience, not a really bad experience either. I guess what I learned uh, was that some tenants are horrible and uncaring. Others are very responsible, like people in any walk of life. But you got to be prepared for the consequences of being a, an investment homeowner, I guess, a, a rental, a landlord, as it were. I've taken classes on computer programming, personal growth, uh, self-help, auto repair, and so on. But I think the the best way that I've found to learn, really, depending on the skill, but mostly, is to look over the shoulder of someone who knows a, th a thing better than you, even a little bit better. I bought my first computer in 1992, and I had a friend who had a computer. He'd had it for a year or two, and I spent a lot of time just looking over his shoulder and learning. This is back in the days of uh, where you often went to your old DOS prompt where you had to type in lines of instructions for the computer to do things. Also in the days of Windows, what, 3.0, which was a big improvement. But I loved computers, spent a lot of time with them, which meant I had to learn a lot. Uh, most of it was self-learning, but again, I had a, a number of friends and acquaintances who were also into that new home computer thing, and they were a little ahead of me and had more time on it. So we spent a lot of time talking, and I spent a lot of time learning. I think mentors 
are important. Uh, let's talk about mentors a bit. I, I think probably one of the most effective ways to learn is to have a good mentor. I've had a number of them in my life, uh, and I hope I've been a good mentor to others at times. I think mentors can come in a kind of a formal relationship where you actually ask someone, hey, can you mentor me on this specific task or this specific job I'm trying to get? Other times, these people come into your life without you even knowing that they're a mentor until their time has come and gone. I first got into radio, I mentioned, as a teenager, and I had an older co-worker who gave me a few really good pieces of advice in my first few weeks in radio, and I took that, that took them to heart, and I know they really helped. When I first got into the exhibit industry after the turn of the uh, 21st century, uh, the owner of the company that hired me was a good mentor and was always willing to share his expertise and wisdom and insights and show me how his business ran. So that was a good mentorship. Not really a formal relationship as far as mentor-mentee, but uh, I think that's really what it was. Internet learning. You know, the internet's a great place to learn, but um, I guess <laughs> one of the things I've learned over the years, you can spend a lot of money on information that may not be worth all that much, and that in and of itself is a lesson. Uh, I've spent thousands of dollars to learn about marketing. Uh, you know, there have been times where it didn't really apply to my specific situation, so I learned something. You know, I've learned how uh, doing that uh, over the years, not only just internet marketing, but other types of things that I've looked at, you learn how to, um, I guess, call BS on things. I think that's one of the greatest things a person learns as they get older. Uh, I think we all have a certain BS detector. Some are better than others, you know, and you look back and you, you, you see things that you fell for that you shouldn't have. And there's things that come your way uh, today on an on a almost daily basis that you think, oh man, I'm, I'm glad that I spotted that phishing mail. I know that's what that is. I'm just going to delete it. And so that's a BS detector, I think, that uh, can, can come in handy in many situations. You know, a lot of the people that I used to follow online in the early days of internet marketing, uh, big names in the 1990s and the 2000s, the aughts, are no longer around. Uh, some are. They've learned uh, how to adapt. I would say there are no more than a handful of people, though, at this point, that I look to with great respect for what they teach and how they handle themselves online. And I'll mention uh, two of them at the end of the podcast as, uh, as the last part of the podcast. So what about learning? What kind of things should we learn as we grow in age? You know, at first, I think your learning should be deliberate and it should be voluntary. Uh, so many kids, including my kids, at some time or another have said, oh man, I'm glad school's out. I don't want school ever again. And, you know, they wish it was all over. Uh, however... I always take that opportunity to say, I'm glad you're out of school for the for the time being, but you're going back. And statistics show that the more education a young person has, the more their earning power in their lifetime. We can point to that. So education is important, especially at that age, in a monetary sense. But learning, I think for its own sake, has some interesting side effects. I found, for example, I took a few years of martial arts. Uh, in my mid-20s. And, and I found as time went on, it gave me more confidence and higher self-esteem. So I was confident in other areas besides just learning martial arts. I was a pretty shy kid as a teenager and in my early 20s. But learning martial arts and how to defend myself was a big boost, I thought, and a very important one. 15 years later, another instance, I, I was wanting to learn how to speak in public because that was a scary thing for me to do. And I finally joined a Toastmasters club, basically because I ran out of excuses not to join. So I wanted to learn public speaking. You know, it was easy for me at that point to give, uh, you know, to speak into a microphone in a quiet room on the radio. But getting up in front of people, a dozen people, 
50 people, 100 people, more, uh, to give a speech or presentation was much more difficult. I didn't know how to do it to how to feel comfortable, and Toastmasters was great at that. So you have formal education and you have informal education. And you can learn for uh, personal development, which I did with martial arts and creative writing. You can learn for professional development, which I did for um, public speaking and, and, and partly computer coding. I learned HTML and JavaScript and some other things along the way. What I learned about that, though, interestingly enough, is that uh, as interesting as it was, I discovered that I didn't want to do that for eight or ten hours a day. It takes someone with a kind of a special focused mindset. That wasn't me. Uh, but I think putting the time into learning is its own reward. I wrote a blog post just last month in July about simply doing the work. How important it is to simply do the work and the simple rewards that come from taking the time to do it right and to do it thoroughly. Uh, but if you're looking to invest in education for professional development, employees are looking for transferable skills, things like uh, teamwork, leadership, self-motivation, time management, uh, good listening skills, good written communication skills, verbal communication skills, analytical and research skills, uh, information technology, personal development skills, and much, much more. Those are the types of things that employers are looking for. So to me, that's the kind of things to learn as you go on through your professional life. Uh, for personal development or to learn a hobby, you know, there are tens of thousands of options out there. Just pick one that makes you feel better or improves those skills, music, uh, gardening, writing, backpacking, survival skills, uh, whatever it is. If it's worth it to you, it's no doubt worth your time. It makes you a, a more well-rounded, better person, I think. All right. It's time for the trade show tip of the week. Speaking of skills, there's a list in my book, uh, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies, called Seven Essential Trade Show Marketing Skills. Uh, you know, in a, in a perfect world, all trade show managers and trade show booth staff would have these skills. But um, if you have a lot of these or most of these, you'll probably do okay. Number one, uh, people skills. Read sales skills. A lot to be said for having the power to get along with people and be persuasive and conversational. Make people feel comfortable around you. Uh, number two is social media skills. You know, if you're, if you're, I think if you're in, in the trade show world and you still don't know what a tweet is or don't know how to post on Instagram or Facebook... You might not be a good fit for that job because there's a lot of that there. Number crunching ability. Uh, know how to assemble numbers from an assortment of vendors and show sites and creating a realistic budget for each show. That is a very critical skill. Uh, organization. Because in the trade show world, there are so many moving parts. Needing uh, Having the ability to organize all of that in a way that you understand it and follow all the bouncing balls is very, very important. Uh, understanding your product and market, I think familiarity with your company's culture, products, competitors, clients, and customers is important to a very successful uh, trade show experience. I think uh, number six is being flexible and resourceful because, you know, things go wrong. Deadlines don't get met. Uh, you're in a chaotic environment on the show floor. You're away from home. You're under a time crunch. You got the eye of both your boss and the, and the clients on you. So if something goes wrong... Knowing how to adjust and react and respond in a resourceful way is very, very critical. And finally, number seven, as a, as a trade show marketer, being a jack of all trades, I think, is very helpful. Uh, you are going to be asked to put on so many hats, it will make your head spin. All right, so that's in the Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies book. There you go. All right, so one good thing to wrap up today's show. I mentioned that there were a handful of people I follow online and I respect their knowledge and credibility. So actually two, I'm going to put two in here. I'm, I'm going to share links to on the show notes to two of them. One is Seth Godin. You probably know Seth. Uh, 
uh, well-known author, writer, speaker, is a great podcast called Akimbo. I don't miss that. Uh, he does a number of online courses, uh, including the Marketing Seminar and the Alt-MBA. And having seen his stuff, I don't think that any time or money spent on his courses would be a waste of time. Uh, the other one is that came to mind is Roy Williams of Austin, Texas. I ran across Roy years ago, bought one of his books, maybe maybe two or three of his books. Uh, he's known as the Wizard of Ads. He's written a number of best-selling books, runs the Wizard Academy. He's an old radio guy like me. And about the same age, I think a couple of years younger, although he came from the sales side and discovered something very early uh, about uh, how to do sales and how to make ads that worked and made a career out of that. Uh, he publishes a newsletter called the Monday Morning Memo, which, as you might imagine, comes in every Monday morning. I always look forward to reading that. I always get great information from that. So uh, look for the links in the show notes. I've learned a lot from uh, both of these folks, and I have no doubt you will as well. That's it for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. I'm Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy. Thanks for joining me.